0: Welcome to the UMass Hockey Hour on 91.1 WMUA. Welcome in, everybody, to the UMass Hockey Hour here in the studio. I am Scotty Morrow, joined by Devin Dobek, Andrew Golden, and Matty Poplowski, the veteran crew here on the Hockey Beat, all on the show today. Guys, how are we feeling today? How are we feeling? Pretty good, pretty good. Oh, yeah? yeah do you want to want to share what
1: what you're actually feeling, Andrew? I mean, other than losing my fantasy matchup by .1 points last week, you know, it's it's been all right. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm making up for it this week. I'm winning by, like, 40 points right now. So
0: Good man. Good you man. Lost by three in my fantasy football league this week, too, so I, I feel your pain. But uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, UMass Hockey, if you've been keeping up with them, it hasn't been the uh, the brightest way for them so far. They've lost their last five straight games, uh, five out of the last six in the Hockey East. And we'll also take you through They're playing UNH this weekend in a one-game series, and then uh, later on they'll be playing Ireland over the Thanksgiving break. But we want to turn our attention today to what's kind of been going wrong lately. Devin, I think I'll start with you. We were pretty adamant before the show, like, what what's going on with this team? They're definitely – you've actually kind of started off this year with this kind of expectation that this would be – the where they're at so what's your opinion on this? yeah
2: i mean it just i was very cynical at the beginning of the year and that's why i was so surprised with their start against denver and how they were able to win those games um but i think it just comes down to a couple things you got 12 new guys this year and a million freshmen on the team it seems and they're really starting to start to fit into that mold and look like freshmen out there there's a lot of puck battles no one wants to go into the corners everybody's out of position and then just getting outworked. Like, they don't seem like they want it, and I think that a big thing that we'll touch on a little bit more, but with that BU series, watching them come onto the ice for period three, I mean, it was just like (laughs) they were headed to a funeral. Uh, Like, the goalie came out. I think it was Brady at the time who was playing, and then after five seconds, another guy trickled out another. Like, they just all came out with their heads down. Carville followed them out, which is different. They, of course, got penalty for uh, hitting the ice too late it was a delay of game i believe and
1: that was uh, that was in the first game which was uncharacteristic yeah. in itself but
2: but it's just like a whole different aura with this team and something that it i think it comes down to leadership i mean you don't have Trevino he was a huge part of that team last year and he did a lot on a leadership standpoint. And then you had quiet leaders like Anthony Del Geizo to go along with that. And they paired so well together. And you really don't have that this year. Eric Faith, kind of a lead-by-example guy, not so much a vocal guy. And then Jerry Harding, he's been in and out of the lineup as well over the last couple of days. Reed Lebster, he's another guy, quiet, but he's a really good hockey player. Right now, number one on the team in points. But just a completely new team. And with the young players, I think it's just, this is kind of the team I've expected a lot of inconsistency.
0: And one thing to go along with, you know, Trevino is obviously not here. He didn't just lead off the ice by example. He also led on the ice by example. He was pretty much a guarantee to score... Um, or at least get some points every weekend for UMass and uh, you know Faith is the captain of this team this year and it's obviously a little bit of a drop off especially in points uh, he did score his first goal in the second game against BU and that was his first of the season and his fourth in his career in general um, very happy for him that he's able to get that monkey off his back maybe he'll get on the score sheet a little more but we did get to talk to him a little bit in media. Me and Andrew were there, and he kind of said that he knows that his biggest uh, asset when he's on the ice is doing all the little things and being a defensively sound player. And he may not always be a guy who scores, but he has guys like Reed and Cal next to him that he knows he could trust uh, to score. Um, so, and to talk to your point about Reed Lepster as well, he has also been. He's been kind of that guy to lead by example by scoring for UMass this season. As you said, he's leading the team in points, and he I think he might be the most consistent scorer on UMass so far this season. It feels like he's always involved in a play and uh, always making you know a good pass. He leads the team in assists right now. He's tied with Ryan Ufko for that. Um, But, yeah, Maddie, we want to get you in on this conversation as well. What's also been something you've been noticing that's been going wrong? You know,
3: if you're, like, just watching this UMass team, you saw the Denver series, you saw the Union series, and then right after that was kind of the drop-off and just that kind of excitement about the series. And you kind of just, like, question, if you're a UMass fan, like, what is going wrong? Like, what happened in between those two series and then the Hockey East play that kind of just changed the trajectory of the entire season? Um, And, you know, I think... As Devin mentioned, there's a lot of transfers, there's a lot of freshmen on this team um, who are unfamiliar with Hockey East play, and you know it is a very physical game, but that's something we have seen from UMass so far this season, so it's not like they're lacking physicality, it's just, and this is something we, you know, Scotty, you and I were on the call Saturday, um, and we kind of reiterated that it was just kind of, they're not coming out strong at all, no matter, like, kind of. What period, you know, between, Er like, when you see Eric Faith's goal, that was kind of the one positive. That was one Um, minute into the third
0: period, too. He was able to score, and then UMass gets a power play immediately right after, too. They didn't get to take advantage of that, and just like you were saying, they just haven't come out strong.
3: Right, you know, you see, like, the first period, wasn't anything special. Same with the second period. You come out strong in the third, and then you immediately kind of lose all the momentum again. So you, it's,
0: you, They scored two goals yeah. Like <laughs> like right after that power play ended. It seemed like um, everything that they, you know, maybe there, were, there was some message in the locker room that clicked mm-hmm. right before that third period. And uh, Faith scores. That's the leader. Yeah. That's the de facto leader on your team. And he's able to do that, but then uh, it doesn't happen after. And I think... One takeaway was when we talked to Coach Carville after was he's okay with, you know, how if the results aren't there, they've lost these past five games, but not all of them have been as lobsided as the score would say. That, that was the case Saturday. Mm-hmm. 5-1 loss for UMass, but to be honest with you, and I think you can agree with me, it really wasn't. It wasn't that uh, lopsided, to say the least. They, they played a decent game, but just a few breakdowns here and there.
3: Yeah, it, there wasn't, like, a significant point in the game where I noticed that the ice was tilted in one direction or another. Like, maybe for, like, five minutes or so, you know, if BU had a power play, they were able to stay strong on that and come off of that. Um, with a lot of momentum Um, but I feel like the it wasn't the ice wasn't tilted in a specific way and there were plenty of chances um, for the UMass team too but I feel like and this is something I've been saying all season is that it seems like UMass is afraid to crash the net to go for rebound chances not all all goals have to be pretty but that kind of seems what their goal is right now instead of just focusing on getting rebound chances and um crashing the net hard and and really getting yourself in that crease. And
0: they definitely didn't handle it well on the defensive side as well. That's how a lot of the goals were scored Mm -hmm. in that second game. They were off rebounds, and uh, Cole Brady got the start in that game, and I wouldn't say that he played a bad game, but BU definitely put a lot of pressure on UMass in that second period especially. They came out of the first, they were both around the same amount of shots. Mm -hmm. It was about like 14 shots each. It was pretty wide-open period, and then BU pretty much took the second period over and yeah. um, ends up 3 nothing after a second period, and uh, Cole Brady was kind of left out to dry. And, Devin, we were talking about before the show as well, um, it may not be exactly the goaltender's fault here and there, um, but every so often you have to... You have to hope that they are able to make a save when there is, you know, these breakdowns that a lot of these younger players make. So uh, what's kind of been your idea on that? I mean, you
2: have not allowed less than four goals in the last four games. That's a serious problem. And that was actually going to be my next point when talking about a problem with this team is the goaltending has had a serious drop off. I mean, they blanked the number one team in the country. Pavisic was player of the week. They beat him 4-2 and then 3-0 in back-to-back nights. And then you play a union team who you expect to stomp. They won by a touchdown in both games. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it's just so much different when you're going to this Hockey East play. And then furthermore, just kind of talking about how that goes hand in hand. They haven't won a game on the road. They're 0-3-1 on the road. And that's something that you're going to see a lot with a young team. And I think that it's been brought to fruition right in front of us.
1: Devin, um, I... I I would say that um, obviously the you'd like to get a save when, when you can out of your out of your goalies, but I'd all, I, I'd also argue that you know a contributing factor is you know the the possession game has not been in their favor at all. Like if if you watch the BU series, they BU dominated the possession game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't have mm-hmm. the numbers on that in in NCAA. It's just not that kind of technology or personnel to track that, but. If you, if you watched, like, I, I, I watched and noticed just BU would just take control of the puck and just kind of play keep away yeah. for, from UMass, and that got them scrambling, like, all, all, for a long time, allowed them to get, you know, a lot of shots, you know, ha- had to get the goalies moving, and, you know, eventually they'd put them in the net, so I think, I think that's, how they, that's how they took control of the game, and they, I, think, I think part of that has to do with UMass playing too passive, you know, uh, we, we've, you know, we've we've all made points to that so far, and you know, because it's just like not going into board battles or not not engaging on on the on the forecheck or, you know, just, ma- uh, just not making sure that there's a guy on the puck carrier the whole time, and I think I think they got to figure that out somehow. Got to be more aggressive on the puck, force teams to make mistakes, and maybe get it out of their zone play in their offensive zone more, and I think that'll give the uh, the goaltenders maybe a little bit less pressure to make all those saves. Um. Oh No, you go ahead. I
3: was just going to add, this is kind of in addition to what I said about rebounds and second chances for UMass. They're also not getting in their own crease to get opposing players out of there. Yes, yes. Putting pressure, like having opposing teams, putting pressures on your um, goalie, getting in their heads, you know. And when we talked to Coach Carville after the second BU game, I believe, um, he said, you know, the um, decision to pull Brady wasn't necessarily all just due to goals because obviously they weren't easy goals to be let up Um, but you know when you get to a point where there's five goals being scored on you you know it's gonna get in your head it's gonna kind of negatively affect your mentality so you don't want to have a goalie in there like letting up six or seven goals a game um, and then expect them to you know feel confident about their play after
0: and Cole Brady was most definitely frustrated after getting pulled his own I think he snapped a stick in the uh, in the hallway but slammed it whatever he did he was not happy with his own performance to say the least Um, and to bring up the point before about you know maybe not being aggressive not having a net front presence that goes on both sides of the rink for sure and uh, a pretty young blue line that UMass has. There's no senior uh, on the blue line, I believe. I don't remember if Ellie McDermott is exactly senior, junior, but is a senior. Uh, junior. Junior. Okay. That makes sense because Aaron Bollinger is the most experienced guy from the team on the blue line, and he is a junior as well. Um, but anyways, on the offensive side of the puck, too, it's they don't have that guy who's you know a crazy net front presence. When we talked to Carv earlier in the season, he said that he felt – the guy who was most equipped to do that was Matt Koopman, and he's he, he scored two goals, but he hasn't, you know, he's not always a, a contributor that you can guarantee will always, you know, be contributing on the scoreboard, and not having a guy like that in front, there's not a lot of pressure on opposing goalies, and it causes UMass not to be able to, you know, lock off one of their, the opposing D-men in front of their own net. Uh, it's, their possession hasn't really been good on that front, so... It seems like UMass is kind of also lost their, or not lost, but are just looking to find their identity after last year. And I know that was another thing that Carf said after the Providence series, that was after they lost their third straight game, third straight Hockey East game. He felt that he maybe found some sort of identity after going 4-0-1, and then they may have just lost it again. He had trouble finding it again. And I think that's one thing, uh, Devin, that we were talking about earlier, too, It's just it's so drastically different from last year that they may still have defined themselves. Yeah, I mean, they just have
2: not established an identity. That freshman class, I know I'm going in circles a bit, but it's just so key to point out and mention because they have really looked like freshmen. They have no chemistry. The lines have been getting moved a lot more. We saw from Game 1 to Game 2 against BU a lot of changes, Um, and it's just something where it comes down to consistency, playing together. I mean, the leadership is, they need leadership now more than ever. And it's not to say that they haven't had that with their leadership group, but it needs to be more prevalent, in my opinion. And, yeah, it's just really difficult to see. Even Carville, I mean, in the press conferences, he just has, it's just weird. He's almost accepting the losses, hoping it will turn into something. But, you know, it's not going to get any easier going forward. You got a couple games with Lowell. You got to win this UNH game, and then if you beat Lowell, odds are you're going to play Quinnipiac, who's number five right now. So, definitely some very losable games coming up. So they got to turn it around quick. Yeah,
1: yeah Devin, uh, to piggyback off of that with the with the freshman with the freshman line, obviously they had they, they seemed to have chemistry pretty early on. They connected for a lot of goals, um, and after after O'Hara scored his first, I remember Car- uh, Greg Carvel saying that you know he was he he was gripping his stick too tightly and that he kinda looked nervous out there but and that hopefully, you know, um scoring that goal will help him to, you know, to be more loose out there. And I, I I've noticed that I it, it seems like he's kinda gone back to that. Mm-hmm. I noticed a few times where he would carry the puck in into the zone and then just straight up lose it. And just just not making uh just not making the plays when he when he needed to. So um, I think I think obviously th- it's a very very young team, very young team, very young line.'ll they'll, they'll get they'll get there eventually, but I feel like we'll need to start you know seeing some improvements soon. And you know we kind of we kind of lost sight of Tyson Dick the last mm-hmm. last few weeks and he was it's, the extra
0: forward in the second mm-hmm. game
1: right even being relegated to extra forward. so you know um, just just a cold spell from guys that are are, are new to, Hockey East play and that might be another thing too is that the the Hockey East um, probably, you know, it could be in their heads a little bit. You know, the fact that it means more to to them than, you know, just a, a non conference play it could be could be in their heads. But definitely we need to see some more out of the freshman line because when they were on, the the team was on.
0: Yeah, and one thing to note too, right before we go to break, Kenny Connors who has been one of their best freshmen this season for UMass. He's currently second, tied for second in scoring now with UFCO. Um, he seemed to be that kind of definite difference maker or more consistent difference maker for UMass on that young line. but completely held scoreless in the last two games against BU. So it seems like it definitely is a cold spell for that line, and that's the one that Carve still trusts to score more often. So we'll see where that leads them heading into their next few games. But for right now, we're going to take a quick one-minute break, and we'll be right back talking about UMass on 91.1 WMUA.
1: Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats Okay, maybe I never really fit you right but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me So take me to Goodwill where I can really make a difference
2: Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs and education assistance for people in your community To find your nearest donation center go to goodwill.org Donate stuff, create jobs A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council
1: Yo Sammy, dope sweater, where'd you get it? Have you heard of Rack City Thrift? It's a student-run initiative on campus to keep style cycling around the valley. Oh, I saw donation boxes for that in People's Market, The Hatch, and the student government offices.
2: Yeah, you're right, and we need your
1: clothes. We want your clothes, so find us at Rack City Thrift on Facebook for updates on where our pop-up sales will be and how to get involved.
0: Back with the hockey hour here on 90 point, well, 91.1 WMUA. Scotty Morrow, alongside Devin Dobek, Matty Paplowski, and Andrew Golden. And guys, they UMass is there as we've been talking about these past twenty minutes. They've been on such a dry spell, and now in their upcoming schedule, it's it's a very weird one that may almost seem like. A reset for them they play one game at unh on friday november 18th and then obviously go to ireland after that and don't play a home game until december 3rd uh against umass lowell so it seems like they they've kind of lost their way and there's they haven't had the right message or something being sent to them do you think there's anything that we could see in this UNH series, that like could maybe spark this team or at least bring some new life, but give give them something. Uh, Maddie, we'll start with you. What do you think?
3: Um, You know, I don't want to put Henry Graham in the spot of starting, but he is someone who's kind of been a bright spot for UMass, at least for in the BU series. For you the know?
0: morale, definitely. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, you know, he. The, the stats are funny, you know, 13 saves, um, a 1.0 save percentage, zero goals against, so, you know, hasn't got as much ice time as, you know, Luke or um, Cole Brady, but it's definitely a fun little statistic to look at if you're a UMass fan, and it gives you kind of a little bit of, of hope, and, and, you know, it... Makes that goalie battle, I think, even more difficult now for Coach Carville, especially after the past kind of couple of games we've seen.
0: Devin, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think it's likely that Henry Graham sees the start? I mean, he has come into two games now, and the last one, and he hasn't looked like a slouch at all. Like he made every save that came his way, and not such simple saves. But what do you think about that? Do you think it's possible? I. Love Henry. He's a TA in my psychology class. I sit behind him, say hello to
2: him every morning. He's a great guy. I just I can't see him getting a start at least right now. And going against the UNH team, they're a team that I think you mentioned before we got on the show. They've played nine conference games and won one. And you got two goalies with 920 save percentages who have that experience. I I just can't imagine that Graham is going to be thrown in just yet. We it has been nice to see him get some minutes. kind of after they've been pulling guys, so it's kind of bittersweet, I guess, in that realm. But I just would be really surprised to see him start just based on the heavy competition between Pavicic and and Brady.
3: I think, you know, when Henry Graham is on the ice, players are just more alert, more willing to get in their own crease, have their own net front presence – um, which is something that isn't kind of like a switch that's turned on when you have Luke Pavicic or Cole Brady in net because you're so used to, and I say so used to, as like, you know, we're not even halfway through the season, but um, that's, I feel like they're relying too much on their goalies right now. Um, and I think, you know, not in the sense that Henry Graham hasn't proved himself, but in terms of time, obviously, as I mentioned, it's a lot less than some of your other goalies. Um, So I think it gives players, you know, a little bit more um, alertness on the ice and more willingness to get in those dirty areas and really make sure they're protecting their goalie.
0: Before I spring it to you, Andrew, just want to mention what Devin said before. UNH is currently last in the hockey standings. They've played nine conference games, 0-8-1 they are in those nine games, and UMass Uh, currently is ninth in the standings, obviously playing six games, going one and five in them, and their only points in the hockey standings. They have four, and it comes from an overtime win, which we saw Taylor McCarr score against Merrimack, and then the five straight losses that happened after. They lost two games in overtime. So those are the only points that they've gotten so far in the standings. Andrew, I'll swing it to you. What's on your mind?
1: Well, I would like to add on to the the Henry Graham uh, discussion. I think... Obviously, it's possible considering you know um, how how well he's done. So in in the limited time he's he's had, and maybe just looking for a spark, we, we've seen we've seen Coach Carville do a lot of crazy things looking for sparks. <laughs> some uh, in in re- in recent memory, but you know at the, at the same time, I can I, I I don't think it will happen. I think it's possible, but not likely. Yeah, that's a good just way Just because. Put it. Thank you, but just because, <laughs> just because you know, this is a game they can't really afford to lose. No, they cannot. Right. And you know, Graham, Graham is a pretty good goalie, having being played D one. But you know, I think he, I think you got to go with your trusted options when you, you know, need to win a game. And, and I think that's what it boils down to.
0: And honestly, it kind of shocked me when you said that a second ago, Devin, that Pavisic and Brady, they still have pretty high save percentages, pretty much identical, 920 for Pavisic and 919 for Cole Brady, uh, even though it seems like they've gotten shelled these past few games. But obviously a few strong starts in the beginning of the season will help that. But uh, to end that Henry Graham discussion, it. It's something that, yeah, I guess it's just something that we should keep an eye on in a way because we know that Henry Graham is one of the most energetic guys in practice. It's one of Carve's favorite players, and he works very hard. And uh, to say that he deserves a start, uh, you know, you could say that, sure, Mm -hmm. but um, UMass is, again, in a win. You must win this game against UNH. I mean, UNH is also due for a Hockey East win, but... Certainly, this is one you're going to have to win. And uh, looking at the rankings right now, uh, obviously UMass has fallen down them. We don't, UNH is nowhere to be seen on those. But uh, Hockey East teams, they usually seem to crowd uh, the rankings so far this season. And uh, UMass is currently X 16 right now. But uh, look at the company that they're around, Devin. Just take us through. Right now, we just look at Merrimack's right above them. I mean, yeah, I, you can look at both the pairwise and
2: the USCHO poll, and you're going to see the same thing. UMass at 16, that's barely making the tournament if all things started today, and that and you're relying on a committee for that. And then ahead of you, yeah, you got Merrimack, which is really something that hurts. We think about their success against Merrimack last year, won all four games, granted by a goal, and it's just so tough to be behind a team like that. And then you're behind Lowell, also boston university even harvard is now at 10 providence is at nine uconn at seven is something that is honestly hats off to them with their new coach whose name escapes me Um, (laughs) but he's been doing a great job out out there and really turned around the culture there it's a great winter to be a uconn fan for sure
0: absolutely and they're seven right now and currently in the hockey standings they are number one of course 20 points six one and two against East opponents they've been one of the actually no they have been the best team uh when it comes to the conference play so far and they've been playing in the conference for like
1: seemingly the entire season too so yeah. they have they have like a huge head start i think if you I think if you look i think they have like four or five more hockey or conference games played than the, the next highest so that helps with the points but not, not, not to detract from how how good their start has been.
0: Yeah, Northeastern actually has played the most games in the conference this season with ten. UConn with nine, just like UNH, who also has nine, who uh, finds themselves at the opposite side of the standing. But then standings, excuse me. But looking at it again, um, it's interesting to see now. BU obviously moves up because of their two triumphant um dominant wins over UMass this weekend and then you have UMass Lowell who they're also going to be playing twice uh very soon once in Ireland and then the other one they come back to play at Mullen so uh th- these are very important games for UMass coming up not even just the must win against UNH but playing against a team that UMass Lowell ranks 13th and then UMass is three below them at 16 and uh we we're also talking about before the show, it's almost like UMass should be happy enough that they're still in the top 20 with how they've been playing so far, Devin, but um, we were talking about they started the season, I believe, around the uh, 11 spot in the rankings, more or less, but then uh, they beat Denver and move up to five, and then uh, with Union, it doesn't change too much. I've actually, I believe they moved to six, and then after the Union series, five, and then Seemingly only down from there, so UMass should be a little happy that they're in that spot they're in, almost. Yeah, I mean they should be grateful. You gotta prove it now, though. I mean these
2: Lowell games are huge. They're gonna have it's fine lose to Quinnipiac, whatever, but you gotta beat Lowell if you want to keep your position in there. I mean it's just these games are so pivotal, and it all starts tomorrow with this win against UNH. You gotta find a way to pull that one out on the road. It's not an easy place to play. They lost a tight game last year. And that was really entertaining one. I think moro it was one nothing UNH the whole game, and Morrow scored with two seconds left, and then 10 seconds in overtime, UNH won. So it's it's going to be a battle. They're going to have to be ready to play, and, uh, yeah, you're just going to have to play tighter in defense, get in those lanes, and hopefully the goalies show up.
0: And you know UNH is going to want to spoil uh, whatever UMass is going for. They're, I guess they're trying to spoil their uh, upcoming trip to Ireland, a little bit of a sadder flight. All the way there, but nevertheless, UNH is a team that UMass must beat and they must correct their recent issues with when playing against them. So it'll be interesting to see that weekend, almost a, uh, almost kind of a must-watch for UMass fans as well to see if they can get back on their feet uh, in this season as they've lost their last five games, hoping to get their first win in what feels like almost a month. But that's going to be it for us on the hockey hour this week. Thank you guys for joining us. And soon, over this Thanksgiving break, we'll give you a little Thanksgiving show where we preview the Ireland series coming up for the Friendship Four. It's been a good one for I've been Scotty Morrow alongside Maddie, Devin, and Andrew. And we'll see you guys next time on 91.1 WMUA Sports.